just thought to take a little time out to thank the Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for season six. Thank you. Who would have thought a podcast could be a gift? Really? That pressing B could spiritually uplift and simultaneously give a Pharisee fits. <laughs> all in all, you the one controlling it. So, the Lord is my shepherd. I can't go skit. So, this new pot life is like a skit, though. A lot of people swinging. I didn't even throw a pitch, though. Uh, forehead is flint, what I'ma flinch for? Nothing. We all gonna repent for what we did, so I'ma keep it moving, ain't no stripper or no cussing Gonna ruin what we doing, we are dwelling in communion Assignment is different, dwellers get the sentiment Vulnerability's my superpower, how many feeling it? Thank you Lord for this influence Without you, influence just don't make sense Nah If you've got a problem, who's going to solve it? It isn't going to be the therapist. Evacuation orders are The amount of stuff that are, that's going into our kids' uh, heads is unprecedented. <laughs> help you reset your life what's up everybody I am so excited to introduce to you the new course master reset I need to I need something to change the experience that you have with God is what anchors you when everything in life wants to make you doubt God that felt good hey okay great how can you press your restart button in your life. I am going to help you get over your past, be able to embrace your present, and plan for an incredible future. So join me and let's reset together. And for a very short time, get Master Reset, every other course from Tim, plus an entire library of courses that will change your life. Plans are starting at $8.25 per month with the code BASEMENT. Click on the link in the description or go to tomap.com and sign up today. Welcome to The Basement, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tim Ross. I'm so grateful that you are. Why did I do that? <laughs> it was kind of cute, though. Whatever. Uh, I'm so grateful that you are here, and um, I'm so glad... I'm glad I get to do these solos. Yeah. Like I'm glad for the solo dolos. And so uh shout out to Press B, shout out to Dwellers, shout out to promoters, shout out to uh all you generous souls in that Cash App and in that PayPal. Some overwhelming gifts we have received like in the last 10 days. Like overwhelming gifts. Yeah. Like breakdown crying, like we, we don't deserve it. <laughs> Oh God! So I'm just grateful. So um, anyway, uh, we just here today. You know what I'm saying? It's just the crew. It's just the crew. Juliana the Great. You know that's how I have you in my phone. <laughs> yeah, it's literally Huli the Great. Cute. 
that's that's what I have for you in my phone as. And then um, the superstar tandem, the Splash Brothers of creative content, the Stefan and Clay of curation. I don't know what else. Uh, I, I was on a roll, then it just stopped. That's usually how it goes with us. Listen, uh, Bezalel and Aholiab, a.k.a. Hector and Sam, in the building. We about that life. Let's go. Tom and Jerry. Tom and <laughs> And you're the, you're the giant, like, buff bulldog in the show. <laughs> That's us. I call Jerry. Oh, you call Jerry? Why he got to be Tom? Because Jerry's cute. <laughs> he got some little brown ears, little brown belly. God's kid. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Now I'm, I gotta go watch some uh, Tom and Jerry episodes. I think they've tried to like res- revive Tom and Jerry, but I don't like. It's just, uh, just give me the, the way old they do stuff. new cartoons is weird. Yeah, I don't give, like give it. me the old stuff that had the hints of racism in it. I want, <laughs> I want those cartoons back. I gotta ask a very important question though first. Yeah. Do you feel like I bully you? Is that why I'm Tom? No. Okay. No. Okay. Oh, at least we got that resolved. I was feeling very, very upset with myself. It's like, I did not know that Hector hates me. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, it's all good. Um, yo, what are we getting into today? Okay, so look, you look. We we've tackled a lot of things in the last few weeks, and I'm not going to date the podcast right now. Okay, I know you both were thinking that Hector's going. Here he goes again. He's going <laughs> to date the podcast, and we have to post this tomorrow as an emergency Friday podcast. <laughs> I'm not dating anything. No, you're okay? not. No, you're not. <laughs> That's hilarious. In recent controversies. (laughs) In recent news. Trump is not in jail, even though he was arrested. Right. Andrew Tate is out of jail. Oh, did he get out? There's a lot happening right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The the gentlemen who have been leading uh, the charge in uh, wild verbal usage on the internet, Mm. they're chilling now. Mm. So, Mm. uh, the people have been asking, what are Tim Ross's takes on... Uh, all of the things that have transpired. Oh, okay. Well, well, I mean, starting with Trump, you know, I knew that that indictment and the charge, like we've never seen, um, uh, I've never seen a president uh, get indicted and brought up on charges, like formally charged, like like criminally, right? Um, and I also thought to myself, well, I don't know how, the justice system handles a billionaire uh, defendant. I don't know how the justice system handles a former president billionaire defendant. So um, I don't believe that the justice system is perfect. Um, We know that it has major flaws. Um. In the same way the justice system had major flaws during Jesus' day. Like, like, you know, you know, he was brought up on trumped up charges and he, he was on trial overnight. Courts were closed. Like, it shouldn't even have been, it, that shouldn't even been legal, right? So I just think um, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch uh, evangelicals. Take their little profit, and I'm curious at what sermons they're gonna preach around Trump now, right? Because wasn't he Cyrus? Wasn't, wasn't he? Wasn't he like for to make the the Old Testament prophets for a minute? Hey Tim, I don't know where you're going with this. I feel 
like you're attacking the Trump prophecies book that came out in 2019. <laughs> oh my God. Let's smash it in Mardell. Let's leave it alone. So I don't know where you're going with it, but um, yeah, I know you're hurting the these people with the Trump prophecies book because that's actually a book that really did come out. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Well, well, I'm I'm just curious. I'm just curious because I, you know, there was already a viral clip of a little lady that came out and was like, Martin Luther King was arrested. And Jesus was arrested, so of course, like, and for Trump to be in the same category as Dr. King and Jesus Cristo, it's a little bit offensive. You know what I mean? Like, like Yeshua and Trump are and not on the same level by any stretch of the imagination. So it's just going to be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think everything is some wild peek into prophecy in the end times, right? The Lord's been coming back for 2,000 years. He's just been coming back individually. At some point, he's coming back for everybody. But until then, there, 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 is, there is a day that has already been set for you to meet your maker. And, you know, work out your own soul's salvation with fear and trembling, keeping that in mind, right? So um, Trump got a lot of money, man, and he was a former president. So I don't know how, I don't know how the court system treats a person like that. I really don't. I know if you got money, you you can afford better lawyers, and better lawyers know better judges, and better judges have better courtrooms, and better defense attorneys know how to pick better juries. So I don't know. I don't think it's fair and equitable, so I don't know. So that's it with that. Andrew, I just want Andrew to get saved. That's my hope and my prayer. I do believe he's, uh, as of right now, or probably the past year, practicing Islam. So that he's... he's I want him to get saved, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I know that's probably going to uh, upset my Islamic friends. Um, they believe in Allah. They believe in God. They do not believe that God has a son. Um, we believe God has a son. Um, I, I, I believe that if you believe Abraham had a son and that the promise came through the son, not the father, then it's kind of dismissive to believe that God doesn't have a son and that his promise wouldn't come the same way. That might be up for debate for some people, but not for me. So, yeah. Well, the basement's not a place to debate. Yeah, it's, it's the not. basement. It's the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not yeah. the debatement. It's not the debatement. Yeah, welcome to debatement. We're pissed right now, so we can't <laughs> wait to fight everybody. <laughs> and most of y'all like, wait a minute. The stuff that Timmy said is the stuff that Timmy said again because he was fighting y'all. Doesn't even rhyme, so it's it's whatever. Yeah. So, uh, question on like the reason I brought up for for Trump and Andrew is because some people have been asking, why is it that it's so easy for people of influence like that to get a bunch of people rallied up because it feels like they're they're like the freedom of speech uh, defenders and wanting people to be honest and apparently what it comes like in the culture open and transparent, but obviously they've said some very 
ugly things and it's leading people astray versus from the truth of what like we're trying to do with the template in the basement. So people were just wondering, it's like, how do, what, what, what happens in the psyche of someone to easily just follow into something like that? That's almost cult like, well, well, uh, uh, the majority of people are not brave enough to speak their mind. That's the majority of people. The majority of people fear confrontation. The majority of people fear public speaking. So when somebody can say something that they resonate with, they latch on to them. When somebody says it that has enough influence, they go, oh, man. I mean, that's that was the phenomenon of, of, of Trump's. Uh, everybody was so shocked when when Trump won uh, the Republican national uh, ticket. Like when he punched that ticket, everybody was like, I can't believe he he beat out like politicians. Trump had said years ago that if I was going to ever run for president, I would run a Republican ticket because they're dumb. <laughs> like that's on record. Like. He, he, he literally said that. And, 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 and Trump had been baked into the American ethos since the 80s, lifestyles that are rich and famous. There had never been a president. One might argue Reagan, uh, but there had never been a president that was so deeply, th there had never been a presidential candidate that was already so deeply embedded into the psyche of a nation like Trump was. Right. Lifestyles in the rich and famous in the 80s. He was in Home Alone 2. Right? Um, then um, you're fired. What is that? The Apprentice? The Apprentice for like a decade or, or 12 years that show runs. And then he runs for president. Oh, he'll never make it. And he'll... We had already been desensitized to how much of a narcissist he was. We were already desensitized to how crude he was. We were already desensitized to how vile he was, right? Um, and so by the time he ran, it was almost like, yeah, we're used to this. We're used to this level of obnoxiousness. It wasn't like startling, like clutch your pearls. Oh my God, I can't believe he said that. It was like, oh, of course he would say it. And he resonated with people that felt the same way. Rhetoric is, an, rhetoric is a powerful tool in the hands of somebody that knows how to use it. So, um, y y you know, I think every president does great, th great stuff and some dumb stuff. Um, I, think, I think Trump did some good stuff as a president. Well, I know he didn't actually do it, but whoever was puppeting, whoever's behind that dude got some got some good things done, and then some dumb stuff happened. Um, that's been every president that's ever been a president. <laughs> so, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna act like Trump was just some yeah. some dude that came out of nowhere that did something that no other president's done. Every president's done some good stuff and some bad stuff, right? Um, you know, we we crazy about uh, bashing Trump. I remember I got I got um, so much uh, uh, pushback um, in my observance of Obama's uh, eight years, right? Obviously, it it was a historical thing for a black man to even make 
you know, to 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 win his his uh, his convention, uh, and, and then to to actually win out, you know, and become the president. It's historical, right? Uh, a black man is in the White House that black people built. That's that's a pretty dope narrative, right? In and of itself. Uh, but nobody nobody saw how smooth Obama was with the four years, like 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 break it down the first four versus the second four the the first four was this is going to be historic and we're going to have more black people vote than any other time in history right we're going to get this dude in right you know you you had gangsters voting like hey cuz i'm voting dog hey blood We'll have beef later, but man, let's go punch this ticket. Like you know what I'm saying? We gon' vote. I mean, you got Beyonce and Jay Z. Like, yeah, oh, we gon' vote. Uh, <laughs> Beyonce. Okay, ladies, that's all. Get information. Line up and go down to vote for a nation. Like, I mean, they they was remixing stuff to get this get these people in the office, right? And it worked. And it was like, and and then you had, it was Chocolate City at that inauguration, right? It was like amazing and people were crying. It was all good. And Obama knew, okay, yeah, that's the bomb. He had already promised the LGBT community, I can't do nothing for you these first four years. But these second four, I got you. Don't even worry about it. It's political savvy. It's amazing. Right? I can respect it from just the political lens. Like, my guy was smooth. He was on every, you know, all these evangelicals had him, like, trying to vet him, poking prod. Are you a Christian? Because we usually don't vote for Democrats, but looks like you're going to win. I just want to head. Are you a Christian? He was, on a, he, was a, he was on a panel with Rick Warren. You know what I mean? And 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 it was like, are are you? And he's like, uh, yeah, of course. And I believe that there is a savior, and Jesus is very important. He's a he's my Lord and my my savior. How could you argue with it? He is who he says he is, right? Bad Obama, but whatever. I try. <laughs> All my characters don't work, but at least I try them. <laughs> so, 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 okay. And it was dope, right? Okay, he's a Christian, right? And then we found out Jeremiah Wright was you. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's who you've been under. I, you that might be more Black Hebrew Israelitism than it is mainstream Christianity. I don't know. I ain't listened to all the man's sermons, but it just felt like it, right? But he was always. He was the first president that affirmed gay marriage. And then evangelicals lost their mind. Black evangelicals lost their mind because they supported him in the first four and felt betrayed by him in the, in the second four. Like, did you just okey-doke? No, the dude was a political master. He always knew he was going to do this. And using scripture... Love thy neighbor as thyself. I believe he truly wrestled with the tension of the fact that, okay, if I do espouse to these Christians' beliefs, but I don't run a theocracy, and this is a democracy, then everybody deserves equality. 
whether I agree with their lifestyle or not. Maybe I oversimplified it. Maybe I put words in his mouth. All I'm saying is, um, again, you can't really make a fair assessment if you're not curious and if you don't let stuff breathe. And so, um, you know, in the pod that I did with Jeremy, we talked a lot about that. You know, if you're not curious, you make assumptions. And where you make assumptions, you will also uh, write in the narrative. And I just think it's dangerous to do that so um yeah i think i answered the question i don't even know if there was a question to be answered but i hope i answered it you did bro yeah um a q a that kind of goes off of all that uh it's amanda she says uh democratic republic or independent question mark uh how are christians supposed to vote there's some times that i see on both sides things that i agree with so i am wrestling as we come into 2024 Oh, that's really good. So, so it's a great question. So, I I planted uh, Embassy City Church in 2015, which means, and I, I planted it in the f- in, in in the fall of 2015, September. So we planted the church going into an election year, right? And so we go into this election year, and the whole election year. I think 2016 is that when Trump got in office, or was that Obama's? That's when Trump got into office. Yeah, because he because he went through 2020 and then Biden is in now. That's okay. So so it was it was Trump versus Hillary, which I'm not like a political commentator or anything like that. That was just wild to me. (laughs) That like a man that like almost epitomizes misogyny. Right. Could beat a woman. Any woman. Right. Uh, there, there, there was there was something else at play there, and it could have been spiritual. I don't know, but man, when you the damsel in distress and people still pick the misogynist, sheesh. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying. I, I listen. I, I'm not a politician. You know what I mean. I, I didn't graduate with a degree in political science. Just from observation, I thought, man, Hillary got to be some type of person if. Trump can beat her. Sheesh. That's all I gotta say. Okay. So, uh, like when when those when those are your two options, and you go, I'm gonna have to go with, gonna have to go with Trump. Like, like that's just <laughs> that's just a crazy thought. It's a crazy thought. Okay. Uh, so so um, we go into 2016, and I'm conspicuously quiet for the whole year, right? They're they're. You know, all these candidates are bubbling up and then obviously by the summer and then you get to the fall and and then, uh, you know, and, and then we got to vote. And I haven't said nothing. I've said nothing. <laughs> There's not been a mention of it in the sermon. There hasn't been nothing said at all. Remember, and I'm I'm just coming into year one of being a pastor. So September comes first year. Yay. OK, October, November, the Sunday before Super Tuesday. I get up in the pulpit before I preach my message and I say, hey, everybody, Uh, I'm sure many of you all uh, have noticed how conspicuously quiet I've been about the upcoming election. I haven't made known my political affiliation, nor have I otherwise told you how you should vote. I said, um... I want to be very, very clear on something. 
And what I'm about to say may determine for you whether you still want to be a resident of our community or to move on. But you're going to know where I stand today. So everybody's like, oh, snap. <laughs> right, everybody's at attention now. And I said, uh, I don't care who you vote for. You could hear like almost this pin drop of like, what? I say, yeah, I don't care who you vote for. Um, there's two ta- there's two candidates, and uh, they both have uh, uh, plans for this country. Uh, you should perfectly consider uh, which ones you think uh, bring you peace, and you should go vote. I said. Um, I'm going to do the same thing. I, I believe that if you live in this country and you have the right to vote, you should go vote. I said, uh, when you go to the voting booth and or ballot, uh, there is uh, a little curtain or a little partition that allows you to have a private moment so that you can check the box that you think is right for you. It's not made public. It's not something you do in front of everybody. They give you privacy to do that. I believe that privacy is for a reason. I think it's private because it's supposed to be private. And so um, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to go vote for who I think can do the best job for the next four years. And when I come out, I will be glad that I have a king forever and only a president for four years at a time. Standing ovation. Woohoo! Whole church. Yay! This won't be a political church. And you know what happened? This, now, this is crazy. Do you know our church got a attendance bump every election year? Because those that were very, very loud about their politics one way or another, we're Republican. We're Democrats. You had people that were not about that life that left that left those churches and were trying to find churches that were like, who's just going to preach the gospel? Now, I have people that are very impassioned. I, I, there's some great believers on both the, the donkey side and the elephant side. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the blue side and the red side. You know, they thought Bloods and Crips was just in L.A. But they got that blue and red side you know, on, on that political side as well. And they bang way worse than anything I ever saw in the streets. I'll tell you that right now. Um, controlling the block and controlling policy is two different things. So let me just let that marinate real quick. Um, but what I told them was uh, the reason why I'm silent, I said, uh, just so you know, if you're curious about why I'm silent on politics, especially as a pastor of a church is I don't have biblical precedent for it. Jesus was born into the backdrop of the most vast empire that ever hit planet earth, Rome. He could have been born during any dispensation of time. He could have been born during the Persian empire. He could have been born during the Median empire. He could have been born during the Babylonian empire. He could have been born during the Egyptian empire out of all the Greek empire. He came during Rome's empire, all roads led to Rome, right? And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, 
Jesus is raised against a backdrop of Rome and its Caesars. And the only thing he has to say about Rome is pay your taxes. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. It's the only thing he has to say about Rome or Caesar. And so I'm like, if Jesus ain't got nothing to say, what am I up here talking about? Like, what could I possibly say from Scripture in a democracy that is going to... Now, do, do I have biblical precedent for policy? Some are I am for, some are I am against based on Scripture. But when we start saying that this president embodies biblical values... One president embodies these biblical values. No, on the right, those uh, biblical values usually come down to gay sex and abortion. And on the left, it comes down to social justice and equality. The Bible has something to say about all of those things. No president has ever had the solution for any of those things. So we felt better that George Bush was against any marriage besides a man and a woman. We felt some way that he said it. We felt another way that Obama said, I think there should be equal rights for. But there was many people in relationships under Bush's administration. Hell, Will and Grace was under Bush, Bush's administration, so it wasn't like he stopped the FCC from putting gay people on television, right? Um, but when you, still love, when you still live under the presupposition that this is a Christian nation, then you get to have selective outrage based on who's your president. But none of these presidents that you thought were good Bible-believing presidents could do anything about the social inequalities that existed for years and years and years and years and years. Because we were comfortable with it as long as it didn't come down our street. Right? The moment it came down our street, it's just like the crack. Nobody did anything with the war on drugs as long as it was in the hood. But as soon as meth labs started blowing up and freaking uh, uh, I gotta, I gotta make it, I, I gotta make it indigenous to where we live in the DFW Metroplex, right? When a meth lab blows up in Carrollton, it's like, be still, my heart. Was that Lower Carrollton, where the Mexicans are, or was that Higher Carrollton, where the white people are? We've got to do something about this. Our children are dying. You know, come on, you haven't cared about that prior to this so what are we even talking about so that's my that's where I hold tension right so so what was the girl's name Anna Uh, Amanda Amanda so I would say for Amanda Amanda hey listen go read both people's once we have two clear candidates go read both people's policies and what they're saying they're trying to do 
And whichever one you feel peace with, just know, ooh, you're only going to have them for four years minimum. You know what I mean? But you won't have them for eternity. Thank God we have a political system that doesn't allow us to have dictators for like, oh, my God, is. You know what I mean? Is I don't know who the worst president has been, but is that guy, he's going into his 52nd year as the ruler of, you know, it's not a monarchy. You got you, you get a four-year shot. They can barely turn anything around in four years, but that's all you got it. But we have a king for eternity. And he's not Republican and he's not Democrat. Okay. Hold on. Let me prove. Let me let me prove how Republican and 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 not democratic he is. Let me tell you what he said to, let me tell you what the pre-incarnate Christ said to his own people, what he said to his own chosen people. Uh, when Joshua was near, this is uh, Joshua chapter number five, verse 13. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? Ready for Jesus' answer? Neither one. I am the commander of the Lord's army. He was like, fool, I'm not on your side. You better be on my side. I'm not on your side. <laughs> Are you friend or foe? Is he, is he Democratic or Republican? He's neither one. Is he black or white? Neither one. He was born a Jew. He died a Jew. He rose a Jew. Is a Jew. Coming back a Jew. Been a Jew. <laughs> so we all try to, we want them to all fit us. We better fit him. That's who we fit. We, he don't fit us. We fit him. Put on the Lord Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Like that's the mandate. The mandate ain't for us to, ain't for him to become more like us. It's for us to become more like him. So there's, there's that. Okay. So you said that during that entire time at embassy, was it for six to eight months you, you didn't share anything about Nothing. You, what you, you, who you were voting for, all of that, mm -hmm. didn't even allude to it. Mm -mm. Um, we see not, a, not even just in churches, but major organizations that will gladly change the background of their profile photo, oh, absolutely. their bio on Instagram oh, absolutely. to win over certain people. Oh, absolutely. So could you, could you guide me through, like, why, do, why does some leadership choose to do that? Is it a people-pleasing thing? Is it a thing to keep money in their pocket? Where does that come from? Because obviously you're not like that. Yeah. So. Well, like, now I'm going to talk in some general ways, and there's going to be some people that have a problem with this. I'm just going to say that out loud because I, like, um, I don't feel like doing a lot of disclaimers today at all. I'm in a different <laughs> mood today. Uh, and um, what I will say is, when you when you when you look at your congregation more as a constituency, then you can't even preach the sermons that God tells you to preach. I would argue you don't preach the sermons that God tells you to preach. Um, you preach what stokes your base. That's good. And if you're only preaching what stokes your base, then you're you're you have a you have a constituency to please. And as long as you preach this certain way. Your base will remain. The moment you switch your message, your base is going to move, right? So let me give you an example. Por ejemplo. I'll be trying to put it in as much as I can. Por ejemplo. There was a church in one, one of the, like, I don't consider Texas like a real southern state like I do, like Mississippi, 
and Alabama and stuff like that, right? But there was there was a um there was a uh there was a where was this? This was in I think this church was in Mississippi. But this pastor started busting in. This was an all white church. And he started sending a bus to uh, a certain neighborhood that was in proximity of his church and picking up black people and bringing them to the church. The white people at that church fussed him out. He's like, this is the Bible. We're trying to bring souls to Christ. Then the board voted him out. Hey, yo, this was like four years ago. This ain't like in 1969. It's like four years ago, three or four years ago. He didn't have he didn't have a church full of Bible believers. He had a constituency that was deeply Southern Republican racist. Now, not all Republicans are racist. These were. They wouldn't even they didn't care that he had. They didn't care that he was trying to fulfill the Great Commission <laughs> of Matthew twenty eight. They cared more about their whiteness than they did about souls coming into the kingdom. Well, that's that's not a congregation. That's a constituency. And there's a lot of people that placate to their constituency. I've had people drape their, their entire backdrop, like cover their whole big old LED screen with an American flag. It's nauseating. What are you what are, what are we doing? What are you saying to the minorities in your country? That what are you saying to people that that are not born and raised here? That this that English is their second language. That they crossed one or two borders to be here. What are you saying to them? What are you saying to your entire congregation when you tell them to vote a certain way? When the experience they may be living out the other candidate actually has better policies that are going to directly impact them. Doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean they're theologically sound. It just means that policy will actually have a bearing on the way I live my life. But you want me to vote this way. And if I don't vote this way, I'm not even a good Christian. I would dare to say that if you would remove some of these people's politics, they'd have no church. Because they know more policy than they actually know scripture. The first and second amendments are actually Bible verses for them. <laughs> As opposed to in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So I know this to be true. I live here now. I live in the DFW Metroplex. I've seen these churches up close. I have been to these churches. I've attended these churches so, so I ain't mad at none of them, but all I know is they hemorrhage people every political cycle because they don't want to hear it. They stop preaching the gospel and they start going, hey, saints, here's a list of biblical values that if you don't, if you didn't know, they don't even know their damn Bible. You want them to know, you want them to know policy? <laughs> Do we have time? To take a break from teaching scripture for them to know some policy? 
Do you know what the biblical literacy in the average church is? It's at a Sunday school level. You try to teach anything outside of Davy and Goliath, the three Hebrew boys, Moses parting the Red Sea, Joshua fighting the Battle of Jericho, and they'll be like, what? Who's Ruth? Esther, wasn't there a movie about her? Obed Edom. I don't like his name. Can you talk about something easier? So Paul has to go on and say, man, I, I wish I could talk to you about something like heavier, but you, okay, hold on. See, y'all be, y'all be thinking I be, what y'all be thinking? Y'all be thinking I be lost. <laughs> oh, if y'all could hear these scriptures fighting in my head. This first Corinthians chapter number uh, three. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm the follower of Paul, and another says, I, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work he gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Listen. There's some juicy stuff up in here. But Paul told him, I can't even talk to y'all the way I want to. I got to talk to y'all like some, like some kids because you ain't even ready to have a larger conversation. Do we really, do we, does the, does the American church, can the American church really afford to take a break from teaching scripture to try to catch people up on policy? They can't, they don't even know their Bible, fam. Stop playing. We do not have time for this. I want the political system to be, to, to have believers. And I want our policies to, to be shaped by biblical values. I would love that. But we can't get the freaking biblical values that's already on the docket into the hearts of the people to be executed. Because never in the history of ever has a law changed the heart. And if you don't believe me, ask the Israelites. Thou shalt not, thou shalt, did that stop them from thou shalt nothing? Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Did that stop them from having idols? Just because you wrote it, God wrote it, and they couldn't do it. So do you think making desegregation law changed people from wanting segregation? No, they just took white flights. 
So, dear brothers and sisters, let us not forsake what scripture has to give us. Let us get this in our minds and hearts because this will change us more than policy will. I'm all for a a policy that's anchored in biblical values or biblical truth. But I mean, come on, man. White people still get larger honorariums than I do and we preach the same conferences. Stop playing. Okay. So with uh, all of these things, especially when we're talking about, we've talked about politics, voting, um, and then people of influence who will put the branding of their, their believer over them so that they can win over people. With all of that and so much uh, things with the gender politics and like these little niche things, uh, this person wants to be anonymous, but how do we deal with the nuance of gender expression versus acceptable gender expression? I feel like as a believer, um, it's an awkward space for me to be because I just want to love everybody, but I also feel like I want to uh, also express my faith and stand for what is true. I feel like this person is asking other things on the gender stuff, like pronouns and all that. Mm. I'm also adding, like, I'm assuming like abortion and all the hot topics that are viral now. Mm. Are these things that we bring up or do we just uplift more Christian content to get rid of it? Cause they're so viral now. Well, we, we've talked about abortion on other podcasts. We've talked about, um, uh, how to navigate uh, relationships with the LGBTQIA community on other podcasts. I think, I, I think, um, uh, I, I believe conversations are better than sermons uh, when it comes to uh, living life with people. Sermons are for instruction and correction and um, revelation. But conversations are for context, right? When I, when I preach a sermon, nobody gets to ask a question, <laughs> right? Point number one, God says this. Nobody gets to go, excuse me, a hey, great sermon, but uh, what if God says that? And I'm like, shut up, that's point number two. Like, stop getting ahead of me. Like, you don't get to have a, right? There's no Q&A. Hey, give me a Q&A and I'll make a sermon out, I'll make a sermon out of it for the weekend message. You can't do that with a weekend message, right? And so um, my, my perspective is conversations are better than sermons when it comes to getting context on people. So when you talk about gender expression, I actually don't know what you're talking about. But if you are talking about how do we tackle abortion? Well, are you going to have a conversation with a woman who has had one? Are you going to have a conversation with a woman who has contemplated one? Are you going to have a conversation with a woman who doesn't like that this conversation makes her feel like she's not in control of her own? Her, of her of her own body 
And if she's not in control of it, who are you saying is? Then that has to be a conversation. That can't just be. Don't have an abortion. Because I know women who have had them. I know women that have not had them. Uh, I know women that have contemplated them. They're only humanized through conversation. They're, they're not humanized if the topic is abortion. We need to stop abortion. Oh, you're talking about your 16-year-old daughter that has sex and wound up pregnant? Because that's not a topic anymore. That's your 16-year-old daughter. The only way to humanize topics are to bring the humans back into the topic, right? We must stop the gay agenda. You mean Tony and Fred <laughs> who find themselves in love with each other and then finding, find themselves running into an impasse of scripture that says you can't express your love that way. You talking about Tony and Fred? Cause now we're not talking about an agenda anymore. Now we're not talking about a topic anymore. We're talking about Tony and Fred. Those are two human beings. Those are two people that are trying to figure it out. They were already married four years before they found Jesus. And they adopted two kids. Talking about that Tony and Fred? That can volunteer at your church but can't become members because of their lifestyle? And now they need to get a divorce and then they have children? Oh, it's too complicated now. Oh, man, you didn't. Oh, you just, it was so nice and neat when it was just the gay agenda. But when it's Tony and Fred, who now want to live faithfully for God and no longer can have sex with each other, but also have two children. Are you ready to walk them through that? Are you ready to disciple that? Are you ready to disciple the transgender that has stopped taking their hormones and is now detransitioning back into whatever is left of the body? that they were born into and the, and, and, and the mental toll that that has taken on the mind and the hormones that have changed their voices and their bodies. You ready to disciple those people or then must they be straight and heterosexual? Go make disciples of all nations. Oh, that's a messy prospect. And you can't, you can't. This is two, this is 2023. You, 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 the, the 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 chances of you finding somebody that ain't got no issues is slim to none. And we talk about we want to we 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 want them all. We we want everybody to. We we won't stop until the whole world is reached with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Ew, except you. You. You were a drag queen. That's, uh, I know we've been doing the cardboard testimonies, but we're going to leave yours out. I don't, I just don't think that would land on our constituency the right way. Cause the damn sure in the con congregation, I was a drag queen, but now I'm not. I don't, I don't want nobody to think, I know no, your testimony is good. We like the alcohol to sober one better. That's more palatable palatable for the constituency we don't like the gay to not gay sex testimony if you get married to a woman though that, that'll probably beef it up if you start having sex with a woman and if you have a couple of babies 
That's how we'll know your gay has left. <laughs> I can rattle these off. You know why? I've talked to people. This ain't theory. You've been okay with the mess. I am okay with the mess. I'm a mess. What the problem is? I'm better than them? <laughs> I can deal with a mess because I'm a mess. God can turn your mess into a message. He has. whoop de do. But I can be touched with the feeling of their infirmities. Yeah. I know what it is to be an addict. I know what it is to, to, to have flesh that's crazy, writhing, and out of control. I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. I don't have to dream it up. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. So y'all go deal with them clean people. Y'all go, y'all go handle the people that haven't been through nothing. And, I, and when I say been through nothing, I'm not talking about like, there's only two testimonies in the whole earth. God either saved you from something or he saved you through something. But I, I'm not throwing nobody away. Screw y'all. I'm not throwing nobody away. I'm sorry. It's just not that simple. It's never as simple as you want it to be. Never as simple as you want it to be. And if, and if imagine Jesus taking that stance. It's too complicated down there. My holiness. Rome? Oh, those hedonists. I can't go down there with them. They'll soil my reputation. Those Jews? Those Jews? I can't go down there with those Jews. Look at them down there. Half of them are on the Roman payroll. I can barely get like 12 guys from down there. That dude came down. And the only reason why he can intercede for us is because he was around us. Proximity gives you context for deeper intercession. I cannot intercede for those that I do not know. So you need proximity to be able to deeply intercede for somebody. You know why Christ could be our intercessor at the right hand of the Father? Because he was amongst us. I think a lot of times what happens is, um, and this can happen for pastors very, very easily, is before you know it, you turn around and the only people around you are people like you. And so sinners are no longer people. Sinners is an issue. Gay is no longer a person. Gay is a topic. Abortion is no longer an individual. Abortion is a topic. And if we can stop these topics from happening, no, you're talking about people, man talking about people man come on we're talking about people not talking about issues people have the issues these issues don't exist without people it's a good day what's up who else who else so humility and empathy is what allowed you to humanize somebody versus thinking you're better than them and looking at them as just an agenda or a topic. No, incorrect. <laughs> my humanity and my failures gave me empathy for me. I had to be kind and compassionate to myself. 
I know so many people uh, had an issue. Um, I don't want to say so many. Several people had an issue uh, when I said you have to forgive yourself. Only God can forgive you. You can't forgive yourself. And everybody gets so damn scared. Everybody's so scary. The freaking, the freaking Bible police are crazy. Don't say it that way because people can take you the wrong way. Anything you say can be taken the wrong way. And you only heard 90 seconds of it. Yeah. Shut the... <laughs> STFU like you know what I'm saying like come on dog but we're so scared that if whatever you say oh my god there's a scripture that got something to say against that that's why the full counsel of the word is so important you can't you can't forgive your own sins you can't pardon your own sins but you better be kind enough to your own soul to allow you to move on from the stuff that you did too. I was a highly promiscuous person. Uh, I have a, I had a, I have a porn addiction. I, 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 my brain is wired a certain way. All of that was due to trauma. That wasn't me growing up going, I can't wait to become old enough to objectify women. I was sexualized at the age of eight by a teenage boy. The hell you think that does to a person's mind? And you want a Thanos snap at the altar call? That's what you want? That's what you want from this? A Thanos snap. You want a clear-cut testimony that I gave my life to Jesus and after six months, I have never... Look that porn again. That's what y'all want? That's what is that what it takes? No, I'm truly asking. Like if that's if that's what people want, then this ain't this ain't the Bible I even know. This ain't even the Bible I know. This ain't even the Bible I've read. So everybody that thinks that I'm not adhering to scripture, what Bible are you reading? That supposes that people change overnight. That people can't be good and bad. <laughs> and this is why we need a savior. That's what I'm trying to figure out. So no, I had to have empathy for myself. And it was my own humanity that made me stop talking about everybody else's. Because I have been left alone with myself. I have been left alone with myself long enough to realize, you know what, child? I need to shut up. Because I ain't over mine. I'm over here criticizing other people's humanity, and I don't even have context to it. I'm still in therapy for mine. I, don't, I do not have time to be trying to figure out what yours is about. I can make observations based on fruit inspection. Everybody, one of us can do that. But in terms of eternal judgment and where you're going to spend the rest of eternity and the fact that you can't change your mind tomorrow or that God can't give you a breakthrough tonight, come on, I'm not going to stop. Let's, let's just stop that. Let's stop that. If, if, if we remove topics and, 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 put the, and, and put these issues back into the human bodies that they are all in, I just think we would... Stop having these cookie cutter answers for everything. Mm -hmm. 
the Bible, the Bible has solutions for it all, but we got to walk people through it. When you're stepping down somebody from drug addiction, they've been doing meth. Don't judge them because they're doing sick because they're smoking cigarettes. <coughs> yeah. You know what could happen to a person that quits cold turkey? From that type of substance abuse, their body could literally go into shock and they could die. But that that ain't clean. That ain't. Yep. No, Jesus can deliver you in an instant. Oh, okay. Whatever, bro. Okay. All right. He did it for Sheila. He didn't do it for Barbara. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I had to go through 20 plus years to crack the code to have freedom, true freedom from pornography. And I've heard people listen to my sermons and never look at porn again. Right. Seems cruel, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what sermon was it? Did I? How come it didn't work on me? Like, I, I'm the one <laughs> preached it. I listened to this sermon. I've never looked at porn again. I'm like, man, I ain't mad at you. Yay, you. Therapy is what keeps me out of it. I wish it was just, I went to, I heard a sermon and cried and woke up and never touched it again. That's not, that's not how, that, my victory's not there. And a lot of people's are not. So, yeah. Yeah, if you have empathy with humanity, if you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes, it doesn't change it doesn't change scripture. That's that's one of the things that's very, very important is some people empathize with people to the point that we want to change scripture to make it fit other people. Cause it's like it's too much pain, you shouldn't have to change. You know what? The Bible doesn't mean that anymore. Mm. I'm not doing that either. So let's be very, very clear. <laughs> let's be very, very clear. But I just I do think that we have to we we have to give people space and grace. To let it maneuver. And he is a long-suffering God. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. He is a long-suffering God. He is a long-suffering God. Okay. All righty then. Let's put this out here. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So um, I just don't, if, if all these spirit-filled people have all this anger towards mm -hmm. these topics mm -hmm. that they won't humanize, mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out where, where, is, where is the patience lacking? I've seen people make incredible strides as believers in Jesus Christ when I was just patient with them. I wish they would have got it faster. But I'm sure God wishes I would have got some stuff faster. Just got to be patient with some people. It just doesn't click for people at the same time. Sometimes people have to hit rock bottom before they wake up. It's hard to watch. I hate to watch people break every bone in their body and be like, you know what? I shouldn't be trying to balance myself on telephone wires anymore. I'm like, uh, I told you not to climb up there. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But I guess you had to break every bone in your body. Well, at least they got it. 
They might be in a full body cast for <laughs> six months, but at least they finally got it. I just think we 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 are um, we are way too quick to act on behalf of God for people's healing and deliverance, and I just don't think He needs our help that much. That's it. That's it on that. So there's a uh, there's a song called Mansion by NF. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna read a little you, bit of these. Yeah, you always got some good songs. Um. He says, uh, my mind is a house with walls covered in pain. See, my problem isn't I don't or my problem is I don't fix these things. I just try to repaint, cover them up like it never happened. I wish I could change. Are you confused? Come upstairs and I'll show you what I mean. This is the room full of regrets. It just keeps getting fuller. It seems the moment I walk in is the moment that I want to leave. I get sick to my stomach every time that I look at these things, but it's hard to look past this room when it's the room that I sleep. And uh, this whole song is just letting you into his head, mm-hmm. into his trauma. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people walking around so concerned with what you think I should look like mm-hmm. and how my life should be. Mm-hmm. That it's so distracting they can't look inside themselves to see what it is. And they can't sit in that room mm-hmm. and look at the walls and fix what needs to be fixed instead of trying to cover it up. And so it's like my heart breaks for those people. That's why I care so much about the basement. That's why I care so much about what you're doing here, Tim. Yeah. Yep. Because I see a place where someone can come that's broken yeah, and hurting. Sure. Yeah. And they kind of have a limp when they walk now. Yep. And it's a place for them to heal. Yep. Fully. Yeah, fully. Correctly. Healed. Fully heal. Yeah, fully heal. And that, that's what's so valuable to me about this place. Yeah. And these conversations. Yeah. It's, it's not just topics. No, it's not. It's not just an issue. No, it's not. It is someone. Yeah, someone. It's a person. Um, and the person has experiences. And um, nobody wants to be codependent to a chemical or to a beverage or to a substance to an image (laughs) or to another person trauma does that and if you can't empathize with that and you can't if you can't feel that then you just write them off now there's some people that don't want to do their work because it's painful um I can't hold space for a long time for people that don't want to do their work. When they're ready to do the work, that's when they they should show up. I think some people have to be ready for the basement. You know what I mean? You invite everybody in, and and some people walk in and go, I'm not ready for this. (laughs) Like, I ain't ready for, I'm not ready for that. Or, I don't like it down there. I I don't like what it is, or I don't like what it's become, or I don't like what it's becoming. That's fine. Fine with me. Um, and it would be so nice uh, if people would just take a deep breath in, a deep breath out, and realize the same God that has loved me through every turn in my life 
loves this other person as well. And I believe that even if I can't be with them every step of their journey for whatever reason, God, I believe you can. And I trust that your process to get them to be who they need to be is better than my assumption of how they need to be there. And on that yawn, we're at 105 today. That's good. What What are some other ones? Keep going? Yeah, dude. Oh. I, I, I'm, I, I'm like feeling... Did you already put it away? Oh, my phone's charging. Can you go bring it to me real quick, Julian? Oh, was I it dying? <laughs> it was dying. <laughs> but I have a question in the meantime. Please. Um, no, I'm just really feeling like I'm... I'm I, I feel like there's, a, there's something here. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's something here, and it's very sweet. Oh. It feels very, very sweet. Well, we're going to keep going then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, question off of that. Uh, for the person... Uh, for the person on the other side, we've talking about we've talked about in context about you can't have the savior complex and save somebody. You have to sometimes allow somebody to get hurt mm-hmm. on their Correct. own until yeah. they're ready to receive a savior and receive help and all of that. Yeah. So, uh, what do you say to the person that tries, but it's just an ending cycle of? God, I might as well just give up. Nothing's working. This little monkey's still on my back. I'm putting in the work, but it feels like my mind isn't altering or changing and my heart still feels sad. So the person that wants to give up but is putting in the work, what do you say to them? Well, just don't give up. Like you can't stop, right? Um, I'm I'm a lifer in therapy, just just based on what I've gone through, what my body has gone through, what my mind has gone through. I couldn't do it for like six or seven months and then be like, oh, I'm good. So I'm a lifer, right? Because I got, I just got to keep my body and my mind. There's a little Timmy on the inside of me that got abused. And when he spazzes out, he just, he'll, he'll mess up my adult life. And I, 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 I got to keep reassuring little Timmy that he is safe. You are safe. You're around people that, are lo- that love you. You're also exposed to people that don't understand you. Gotta love them anyway. Like it's okay, and we don't have to overexplain ourselves, little Timmy. Like we're good. Like just shut up, and don't go in the DMs and start arguing with people because, hey, little Timmy, they don't get it. Like and they probably won't. It's okay. Oh, little Timmy, I know what happened with that person. You triggered them, and they don't go to therapy, so they don't know what to do with their triggers. So they're mad at you for making them feel away. It's okay, buddy. We're going to be all right. You literally just have to give yourself that space to, like, stabilize. Yeah. Uh, Lily Suze asks, how to support your spouse or partner in a season of depression and burnout in their career? I really want to help them and be available but it seems like they are stuck in a pit. One of the things that's very, very important is to, um, and I don't know if you've done this or not. Uh, If you've done it, yay. And I'll tell you the next step, but you got to, you got to go down into the pit and sit with them. Make sure you have a way out. (laughs) 
don't like dive into the pit and then both of y'all can't get out. You know what I mean? But like put a little rope down there or you know what I mean? If you could if you got a ladder long enough, if the pit ain't that deep, throw a ladder down there and like be like, hey, I'm gonna come down there and join you. Just sit with them. Cause when you sit with them, you'll understand what it is. I always say this that Job's Job's friends were his best friends for the first seven days. Right? Give you the Bible for it. Um, so uh, this is Job chapter number two verse number 11 when three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered they got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console him their names were Eliphaz the Temanite Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite uh, when they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. Wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust into the air over their heads to show their grief. They hadn't been through what Job had been through. But they identified with his grief the way he was identifying with his grief. Verse number 13 is amazing, and, and, I, and I have it underlined. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights no one said a word to job for they saw that his suffering was too great for words Mm -hmm. sometimes your presence can be a gift that your words will never be sometimes just sitting with people and just going i love you right where you are i i'm not saying nothing I'm just going to sit here with you. Mm-hmm. I know it's painful. And you're crying. Even though you didn't feel what they felt, you're crying. How could they wail loudly unless they empathized greatly? They wailed loudly for their friend. They wept loudly because they empathized greatly. Then they sat with them. And they didn't even say a word. They had enough self-awareness to know this pain is too great for words. I'm going to just sit here. I'll never forget when my uh, God's sister lost her mother. She called me on the phone. I'll never forget her cry. I'll never forget her voice on that that call. And I was with Juliet and I said, baby, I got to go now. My sissy just lost her mom. She's like, baby, go. Jumped in the car, sped to the house. I knocked on the door. I'll never forget her opening that screen door. She opened that screen door. And I just took one more step up those steps into the doorway and just gave her a big hug. She just broke, started sobbing. I came in. I sat down on the couch. I did not speak for two hours. presence was enough I didn't come over there like don't worry about it God sissy because scripture says what the? <laughs> oh, oh man come on man Job's friends were his greatest friends for the first seven days it's that damn eighth day 
They opened up their mouth and just messed it all up. <laughs> you know what? You know what probably happened, Job, is you need to find out what sin you did. So as soon as you find out what you did wrong, then God can make it right. Oh, dog, just shut up. You know, you probably got this cancer because you got that unforgiveness in your If you don't shut the figgity. So, get in the pit with your with your boo. Your presence is more valuable than you can imagine. Um, and then, when words are appropriate, encourage him. Let's go get help. Not you need to go to therapy. Let's go get help. Let's go eat. Let's go watch a movie. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I, I know this pit is very alluring. I know it's the darkness is comfort for you right now. I just, I got a ladder, boo. Let's come out of here. Even if you come out, let's just come with me up the ladder and take a shower at least. Get ready to come back down here. I'm going to come down here with you. How long are we going to be here? So that's my answer. I was in Pennsylvania, uh, I think at the beginning of this year with my wife. Mm -hmm. And everything in, in its proximity was perfect. Mm -hmm. Picture perfect. Mm -hmm. Family's happy. Family's in town because everybody lives states away. Mm -hmm. So we all come to the little central hub. Everything's great. And for whatever reason, I'm in the basement is where we're staying. We're literally in the basement. And uh, I couldn't get myself to crawl out of the basement whenever people are having fun. I'm an extrovert. I love being around people. I yeah. like almost being the center of attention to make people laugh and mm -hmm. bring harmony. Mm -hmm. I love doing that. But this go around, man, I couldn't crawl out of the basement. Mm. I could not crawl out of the dark basement. And then I watched this movie called Perks of Being a Wallflower. I'm not mm. sure if you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. Dude. Oh my God, I'm not a crier. Mm. I'm learning to cry again and, and tap into my emotions because I've just had such a hardened heart from all the past trauma and things. Yeah. But I watched the movie and the Holy Spirit used this secular movie to break me. Wow. Just, I mean, destroy me. I cried so ugly down there. And my wife came in and she caught me crying. Mm. So I caught me crying. Cause I was trying, I wasn't going to, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. going to hide and maybe tell her after vacation or whatever. Yeah. This woman caught me. Mm. And she didn't give me advice. She didn't scream at me. She, she just held me. Mm. And she didn't talk for about 10 minutes. Mm. And I just told her, babe, I've just, I feel so embarrassed. Like, I don't, I feel bad that I keep coming to you with the same problem that I ideate about suicide. Mm. Like, I wish it was over. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, everybody wishes their thing was over. I, I wish porn was over. So... And she's like, that's, she's like, it's fine. Yeah. But it's a silly thing to like, I was embarrassed and so broken over the fact uh, that I wish it was over. And all she did was held me. Yeah. I don't know what, what that moment did other than give me like a few light years of healing. Yeah. Just to let me know it's all I needed in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. So I think op on the other side of opening our voices, freedom, just waiting for us. Yeah, bro. That's facts.com. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, uh, yeah, yeah, 
it's a it's a beautiful thing to have somebody that loves you without you ain't over that yet god still with the come on man look at the bank account look at we're having a great time why would you man such a downer like when are you gonna be over it that's job's friends on the eighth day right who wants that friend i don't want that friend Juliet has never been like, you ain't over porn yet. Well, that's not how addiction works, right? Now, I'm grateful I ain't, like, consuming porn and, you know, looking at it and masturbating and Juliet's catching me and I ain't doing none of that. That's not, that's not what this is. And it's always back there. It's always back there. I treat them just like I do. I've said this before. I treat him just like I do on the beautiful mind. The reason why I stopped, uh, the reason, one of the things that helped me uh, uh, break the porn cycle was that the actresses don't get older. It was a life hack for me. Because <coughs> in my mind, I'm like, do I want to be 50, 60, 70 year old still looking at 20 year olds? They don't get older. It's not like I'm looking at the porn. It's like the porn stars are aging with me. Like <laughs> 62, and that's not, that's still my favorite porn star. <laughs> that girl retired, right? Or porn retired her because why? They want the youngest, and you know all this. So I'm like, yeah, no, nah, they don't get older. Uh-uh. I ain't doing all that. I ain't about to be doing all that. I ain't gonna be less than after my after my son's girlfriends. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's crazy, but you gotta think about that. If you don't break this cycle, fam, it's gonna you gonna be having more temptations than you want it. And now this is your daughter in law, and you like, ugh. Uh, no, not me. I don't want none of that. That's that's nasty. So yeah, we we uh, again. Man, this is going to help somebody. I don't know. who. Ooh, this pot is for somebody. This one is for somebody. Somebody has not been able to be okay. They hate themselves. They hate themselves. I feel that so strong. They hate themselves. You cannot love God if you don't love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved you so much he died for you. But if you can't love you, you can't accept his love. So I just want somebody to love themselves again. I don't care what you did. He doesn't care what you did. Just love yourself again doesn't matter what you've done doesn't it literally doesn't matter what you've done he still loves you so you need to love yourself too i'm not saying that there aren't consequences i've had major consequences based on the actions that i've had i got fired from jobs for looking at porn on the job 
I can't be like, huh, I was traumatized and deeply hurt, so let me keep my job. Nah, fam, I broke some company rules, and so I had to go bye-bye. <laughs> but I, I, if you don't, if you don't allow that love to come back into your own heart for you, um, then that helps to perpetuate that broken cycle of I'll never I'll never get this monkey off my back. No, I, I started to love myself. That's how I got that monkey off my back. I love me. I love me. Like, oh, trust. Mm-hmm, I do. I love me. I love me. He died for me. I better love me. <laughs> and so because he loves me, I'm like, I'm, I don't have to live like this. And I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to crack this code. Like, something going to break up in here. I wish it would have happened at the altar call, but I guess I got to do this EMDR and do these buzz taps. And <laughs> you know what I mean? I got to go. I got, let me grab the tappers. Okay, my brain is going to be better in Jesus' name. Like, whatever I had to do, I'm going to just do it. Not a big deal. So, um, yeah. I already know the Bible police going to be like, can't love yourself. <laughs> I just be hearing them too much in my head now because, oh, my God, they're so cute. Did you call them the Bible police? They're the Bible police. So that's this is not Butterfly 909. This is Bible police. This is Bible police. 909. <laughs> I don't know why they're in the same area code, but okay. <laughs> they're cousins. They're cousins. Bible police 909. Okay, that's fine. And I love Bible police. I just I just wish they no, they're, they're, they, were, they were not deputized by anybody. God's word doesn't need your help. I know that that's going to mess up probably like 15 podcasters because they actually think God's word needs their help, which is why they started their podcast. So they could help God rid the body of bad theology. God don't need your help. He never needs your help. I mean, podcasting is what? 12 years old, max 15 years old. You think he needed your help before YouTube came out? You're God's gift to theology now? <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> My Italian's coming out now. Who do these guys think they are? Anyway, so. So I can kind of speak to the... um the person that you're talking to about who hates himself. Yeah. Um, a little bit of my story when I was young, very, very young, I was sexually molested mm -hmm. and that gave me a childhood of, uh, addiction to masturbation mm -hmm. and then growing into an addiction of porn, mm -hmm. um, as an adult. Mm -hmm. When I think about my childhood, I can't, Remember good memories. Mm -hmm. Without remembering. Mm -hmm. My struggles. Absolutely. And so it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. Trying to figure out. How do I forgive myself for that? Mm -hmm. And. When you're dealing with an addiction to pornography and stuff like that. You just feel dirty, dude. Yeah. You just feel dirty. You feel it's you. Yeah. It's tied into your DNA. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you end up just despising you. Mm -hmm. 
and the steps to forgiving you at that time, it's non-existent. You don't see them. Mm -hmm. You don't see how do I forgive myself? Mm -hmm. All I know to do is throw stones at me, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. All right. So let me ask you a question. This is going to get very yeah. personal. Yeah. So if. No, I'm here for it. Okay. You have to let little Sammy know that what happened to him was not his fault. Just because I'm a very literal person, how do I do that, yeah, though? You yeah, know, like, absolutely. how do you do that? Yeah, absolutely. So... You're going to have to go to EMDR, yeah. right? I can't bootleg yeah. EMDR for you, I, I, right? I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a client, not yeah. a yep. practitioner yep. of it, right? Yeah. Um, so, but little Sammy, little Sammy needs to know that there was nothing he did to make that happen. Yeah. And then after you get that taken care of, yeah. you have to grieve and help little Sammy grieve the loss of his innocence as a child. Yeah. Little Timmy had to, I had to go back and like, all right, little Timmy, okay, if you if we need to cry because everybody else was thinking about G.I. Joe's and you were thinking about vaginas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have been nine and ten years old, curious about breast. Yeah. Should have been freaking playing with Transformers. He lost his childhood. He was sexualized at eight years old. It's not his fault he was sexualized at eight years old. But this this is the result of being sexualized at eight years old. So then we have to go, we have to go cry and grieve. That little boy didn't get to just do cartwheels and play in the sandbox and discover his penis the way every other little boy was supposed to oh it feels good it i, I think it's for more than just peeing like you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah i'm i'm eight years old thinking about does my penis go somewhere is it supposed to go in somebody's mouth is it supposed to go and like where does this go i don't what the heck i don't know yeah your brain scrambled there's no there's no possible way a little kid knows what to do with sexuality that's why I think it's absolute child abuse that anybody would think that they can let their five-year-old decide their gender. Yeah. If that's the case, don't hide the gun. Yeah. Don't hide the keys to the car and don't hide the damn Drano. <sighs> so the first stage is, are you in therapy yet? Um, so I've been to therapy a few times, but I haven't done EMDR. And okay. I'm, I'm signed up to go into it. Great. And I'm literally like waiting for. You're on a, on a yeah, list. Yeah. 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 And we, <laughs> we've kind of blown up all the uh, <laughs> uh, practices in the DFW Metroplex around therapy and counseling. So yikes. A buddy of mine asked me about the process and I told him, I said, man, I kind of feel like it's like the voice, like my trauma is just on the <laughs> stage singing its heart out and I'm waiting for someone to turn a chair around. And it's been so long that I'm like, should I not have come out on this stage? 
That's when you go to another octave. <laughs> right, right. Wrong, wrong song choice? Is that <laughs> exactly? Um, <laughs> pick me fast. Watch yourself. Pick me fast. Show me what you're working with. Okay. Yeah. Judges? <laughs> right, right. Judges? Anyone? Anyone? Um, but no. No, uh, no one? Uh, uh, was that like crickets? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we have a cricket sound effect. That's hilarious. No, bro. Um, little Sammy has to be forgiven. Yeah. And and uh, empathize with. Because little Sammy had, little Sammy was not, did not volunteer for this. In the same way little Timmy was like, had like somebody to over-sexualize me at eight years old. Any, 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 anybody in the neighborhood down with that? Right. And so things happen, right? And then when they happen, we get to choose how we navigate that. Once we get to the awareness of, oh, I can do something about that. I'm not a victim anymore. Yeah. Oh, goodness, well, well, what's the opposite of being a victor? This is so fresh because I was just in my group therapy yesterday. Mm-hmm. So the opposite of being a victim is a creator. Oh, God. A victim gets a narrative assigned by somebody else. Mm. A creator gets to choose the narrative that they want. Dude, I think that's why I love creativity. Yeah. I think that's why I'm so drawn to storytelling. Absolutely, because you get to have the, you get to create the story that you want. Yes. You didn't get that as a kid. I didn't have the ability to tell my story. That's right. It was already told for me. That's right. And like, dude, for years I feel like dude, it's kind of like very similar to the uh the beautiful mind thing. Yep. I feel like the little girl. Yep. I never grew up. Yep. Years kept going. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm 32 years old now. Yeah. But I'm not 32 years old. Right. I'm two years old. Yeah. I'm the I'm the day that I got molested. Yeah. And I'm operating in this life from that perspective. Yep. And it's just it's overwhelming, dude. You know who else didn't grow up? Michael Jackson. Hmm. You know what Michael Jackson's original, not original, you know what Michael Jackson's adult voice sounded like? Sounded like this. Yeah. Michael Jackson's adult voice sounds like this. There are producers and and writers that have been with him when he was talking like this and was like, oh, my bad. Hey, guys. Wow. Why would he keep the upper register? He's trying to keep his childhood. So he didn't grow up. And the reason why it was important for me to go to therapy, what I've learned, what, why therapy has been so beneficial to me is that I did not want little Timmy to sabotage adult Timmy. And if I didn't reconcile those two, I was not, I was not going to be integral. I was not going to be an integrated person. So I can't leave him out there just knocking stuff over and self-sabotaging and doing all this dumb stuff. And then I'm, and then adult Timmy's over here like, I'm so sorry. It's, uh, I know I said I wouldn't do it again, but uh, no, I had to go. We got to have a meeting. (laughs) 
I know you were traumatized, homie, but you have to sit the hell down. Like, you don't get to mess up my whole life. You know what I'm saying? You're about to get me divorced from the finest woman I've ever been with in my life, fam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to go reconcile them. And it's hard work to reconcile. And it's worth it. It's the hardest, most rewarding work you ever do in your whole life. So my encouragement to you, um, and I know you speak for many people, um, and so thank you for your vulnerability. I appreciate you because you didn't have to share that. I already know that. Yes. You didn't have to share that, yeah. but I know that you wouldn't say it if you didn't feel safe and if the Holy Spirit wasn't prompting you. And so I appreciate you. And, and I appreciate your vulnerability as well, Hector. Like it's, this is, this is what we do, mm-hmm. right? We, we are not like the basement. Everybody should come down here and get, like y'all need to get vulnerable. No, <gasps> we're vulnerable. Yeah. Like we as a tribe, this is what we do. So, um. Oh, see, I'm glad we didn't finish. Now I know we're done. Mm. That needed to come out. Yeah, that's what I was feeling. Yeah, you are not supposed to live your adult life hating yourself. And just a little insight as to like this whole episode. I'm sitting here feeling kind of like this way, and um, it's just that voice in the back of your head, man. Just says for me, this is what it said specifically. Don't you dare hijack this episode and huh. make this about you. Freaking liar. I can't stand Satan. Oh, he pisses me off. <laughs> Don't make it about you. Get out of here. Oh, I'm so glad you you didn't accept that lie. Nah, man. This is Well, when you said there's someone hating themselves too, I was like, that's it's me, dude. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's me today. That's yeah. me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, I, yeah, I've done some work, and I'm 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 growing out. Yeah, of this, yeah, for sure. But I'm still dealing with that aspect. Of yeah, it, absolutely. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 um. You know, when I see a kid that that is acting out with bad behavior, I'm curious about it. Mm. I don't just label that a bad child. I'm like, why is that child acting like that? Oh, I know why. There's neglect. This, this child hasn't gotten any attention. I don't know if there's a such thing as a bad kid, just more bad stewardship of the kid. So, all right, man, we gonna wrap. We gonna wrap. What is this? Where, where, where are we? At? Uh, we're at one thirty-five. Ooh, I love one thirty-five. Okay, I love y'all. Listen, um, love yourself. Jesus loves you. And you should love yourself too. And uh, find three people that can affirm that for you. Because sometimes you need to hear it outside of yourself. It's one thing to have motivational little stickies on the mirror. But but you gotta you gotta be surrounded with some people that can reinforce it for you sometimes. So I love you, Sam. I love you, Hector. I love you, Hoover. I love you, dwellers. Peace. <laughs>